passion for sport. This is Cameroon Roars. It's our daily look at what's happening at the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon. And I'm Steve Vickers. Day 22 today with two more quarterfinals coming up as the Gambia's wonderful run was brought to an end by the host Cameroon last night. We have an in-depth look at that game and we also saw Burkina Faso going through to the semi-finals. Also, we focus on today's contest between Egypt and Morocco. Could the winner of this tie go on to become the champions? So Cameroon beat the Gambia 2-0 in Douala to move into the semi-finals as Carl Toko Ekambi scored both goals, both in the second half. Toko Ekambi headed in in the 50th minute from Collins Fai's cross. He made it 2-0 seven minutes later with a finish at the back post. Ekambi has five goals at the tournament with teammate Vincent Aboubakar on six and Cameroon will play either Egypt or Morocco in the semi-finals on Thursday. I'm joined by African football expert Solis Chukwu in Lagos in Nigeria. Uh, so a one-sided contest and a game too far for the brave Scorpions, Solis. Uh, yes, Steve. At the end of the day, it turned out to be quite um, one-sided, like you say. I, I think really coming in, it was always um, it was always the expectation that the game would pan out like this with um, Cameroon making much of the running and Gambia trying to keep things tight at the back. Um, their manager, Tom Seyfiet, came up with a very, very apt analogy, um, seafaring analogy about the Titanic and speedboats and everything. But um, his plan really was to keep things tight in the first half and then the second half sort of open up a little bit and try and get at um, a Cameroon side that presumably would be demoralized by, you know, hitting their heads against the wall all through the first half. And in a way, half of that plan worked because in the first half, Cameroon were just they really monopolized possession and Gambia couldn't get out. But in terms of creating really high quality chances, there was just the one from across for Vincent Abubakar. I thought um, there were two aspects of Cameroon's play. Defensively, they were really good. They, um, they set up in such a way as to really contain Gambia's attempts to break out, you know, and hit on the counter attack with um, that midfield three that they selected, which is a little more secure, but at the same time lacked a bit of creativity going forward. So in terms of the attack, Cameroon had to rely a lot on crosses from wide areas, which was, you know, they were not very efficient. But um, the one situation where that was fruitful was um, saw Vasan Abubakar heading and the goalkeeper making a very brilliant save in the first in the first half. Uh, the second half, when Gambia really wanted to open up and try to get something from the game, unfortunately, um, they got you know pegged back very quickly in the second half through that great header by Kauto Kwekambi. And really, once that went in, you knew that was it. Um, Gambia have not really spent much time in the competition on the back foot in terms of the scoreline. So you knew that them having to actively chase the game um, was always going to be a bit of you know a tall ask for them. So um, it, it's a really sad end to to Gambia's campaign at the Africa Cup of Nations. They've been a real credit to themselves on their debut and their, their counter-attacking play has been really solid. Um, there's a lot to build on, really, I think. And manager Thompson Fiat has really, really upped his estimation in the eyes of many people, especially back home, where initially there were some concerns over his style of play being a little 
uh, too defensive or too reductive. But I'm sure those, you know, those fans back home who had those misgivings, they, they won't mind, you know, getting to the quarterfinal of the Africa Cup of Nations on the first attempt. Um, I thought it was a very great performance from Cameroon, really, under the circumstances, even though, like I said, they lack real creativity in the first half. But overall, in terms of control, in terms of using the ball well and finding the right spaces when they could and being patient, on the whole, I thought this was a very strong, solid performance from the Hoofs who advanced into the semi-finals at the end of the day without really breaking much of a sweat, all things considered. Yeah, you'd have to say so. In yesterday's other game, Burkina Faso beat Tunisia 1-0 with 19-year-old Dango Watara scoring in first half stoppage time on the break, starting his run just inside the Tunisia half and seeing off two defenders. Uh, but Watara was red-carded with eight minutes to go for going in with his elbow on Ali Malul, but Burkina Faso held on for the win to make it three semi-final qualifications in their last four Africa Cup of Nations appearances. Good going for them. Uh, today, Egypt facing Morocco, Senegal against Equatorial Guinea. We'll look ahead to those games shortly. Well, this is Cameroon Roars, brought to you by Passion for Sport, show coming to you every day throughout the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, online, on radio, and on our app. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Our website is planetsport.tv. In the blog section there, Russ Bravo looks at how ordinary teams can beat the superstars, why some of these smaller teams have punched above their weight at the tournament with their teamwork, and how we are created for community in life as a whole. That's on our website, planetsport.tv, and it's in the blog section. Now, the 2012 champions, Zambia, didn't make it to this edition of the Nations Cup. They've actually missed out on the last three editions, despite having some high-profile players now, like Leicester's Patson Dacca and Enoch Mwepu of Brighton, also in the English Premier League. The Chipolopolu didn't make it to the final playoff round of 2022 World Cup qualifying either, but Fashion Sakala impressed in the group stage with them, scoring a hat-trick in Zambia's 4-0 home win over Mauritania and getting five goals in six games, making Sakala the joint second-highest scorer in the group stage of World Cup qualifying for Africa. Now, Sakala is 24. He's playing for Rangers in Scotland, having moved from Zambia to play in Russia and then in Belgium. He has five goals so far this season for Rangers, and yesterday he came on as a sub in their draw with Ross County. In this interview from our archive, Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint spoke to Sakala about his rise from humble beginnings and how he believes it's because of his faith as a follower of Jesus. When I look at my life, I can see the God is with me. God has changed a lot in my life. I was born from a very poor family, a family that we used to sleep without food, a family that has not had nothing to to rely on. And uh, we believe that God is there for us. You know, we used to to have prayers as a family. And that's the, the time I started becoming stronger and stronger in God, making my faith being more stronger and stronger in God. I kept that from my childhood, that God is there for me. God will help me. I always read the Bible. I always read the Bible every day and I pray every day. So I believe what the Bible says. I remember when I was uh, in grade six, when we had uh, prayers, then I told my dad that the Bible said in John 14, verse 14, that whatever I ask in his name, he will give it to me. So I told my dad that 
I want to be a professional footballer. And then that time I was very young. And then my dad said, if you believe in God, that God will do it for you, then you'll be a professional footballer. So from that time, I kept that in my mind that whatever I ask in God, God will do it for me. I kept it in my mind that God is there. And I kept on asking him that he could help me to be a professional player. Things just kept on going. I never lost hope. I kept on believing that God is there for me until he answered me. I was born in a Lulu area. It's a place whereby even people from there, they can't believe that I'm here now. They yeah. can't believe that I'm here now, but uh, God did it for me. He answered my prayers, and I also wanted to prove him that what I promised him, I can also do it for him. I came to realize that all these things that are, which are happening in my life now, it's, it's all by the grace of God. God is the key of my career success. So many Zambians, I mean, even outside Zambia, just people across the continent look up to yeah. you, and they must yeah. see that success that you're having now and think, wow, that's an amazing story. Can you just tell us, for all those people listening who are maybe young players across Africa, how did you get yourself spotted? How did you get yourself noticed when you were playing grassroots football back in Africa? Was there anything that you could pass on for advice? The first thing, like I always say, they have to believe in God. They have to believe that God is there for them. In whatever situation they are going through, they have to believe that God is there for them because uh, there is a reason for everything they are going through. There is a purpose in every situation that we are going through. So they have to believe that God is there for them. We had a tournament, you know, it's like inter-schools. I think we had like uh, four games, inter-school games. And then uh, I scored like nine goals. That was my first time when I realized that I can do it in football. Because that's the time I received my first call to go to a better team. After that tournament of the school inter-schools tournament... I joined the team that was playing amateur. And then uh, I went there. I had a very good season. I played uh, I played 17 games. I scored uh, 36 goals. The following year, we had the interprovincial games. I was the only player who was selected from my school. That was 2013. That's, that's the time I met Patson Daka yeah, that time when we were schoolboys. And he was playing for Lusaka province. I was playing for Eastern province. I went there. I had a very good tournament for provincial games. I, I, I played six games. I scored nine goals. I was the top scorer of the tournament. And uh, one teacher got my line. That's how I got noticed by the club, which plays in the first, uh, now it's, now it's in the second league, but by then it was in the first league, Zambia Super League, uh, Mchanga Rangers. So I knew that that was not me being a good player, but it was by the grace of God. It's, it was just the way. God was making the way for me. He was making the way for me to make it in, in football. He's a miracle working God and he performed his miracles for me. Amazing story of the Zambia forward fashion Sakala on his football and his faith as a follower of Jesus. He's currently playing for Rangers in Scotland. So today we have the other two quarterfinals to look forward to. At 16 GMT, Egypt playing Morocco, and at 19 GMT, Senegal facing Equatorial Guinea. Uh, well, Solis, the Egypt-Morocco clash is a big heavyweight contest. Yeah, Steve, I think 
Egypt versus Morocco has the potential to be a massive, massive game. Um, especially when you consider like the trajectory of Egypt. I think they've grown through the tournament steadily. And um, Carlos Queiroz now has a really good idea of what his team is supposed to be doing. In the round of 16 match against the Ivory Coast, we saw their best performance of the tournament to that point, which really is, is the way you want it. You want to grow through a tournament. But even more importantly, apart from the fact that Keros now seems to know his best side, um, there was also a bit of tactical ingenuity in the second half to sort of curtail the growing momentum that the Ivory Coast were building. So that was, for me, a really encouraging sign for Egypt. And that shows that they have... They are at the level now where they might finally be able to punch above their weight as a team. I don't think they are perfect. I think they still look too much to Mo Salah at the end of the day. But um, interestingly, this game against Morocco might be the one game where that approach might not be the worst idea in the world. Because um, Morocco get their fullbacks very high very early in the build-up. They try to stretch teams. They are very transitional in the way they play and they get numbers in the box. And I think there would be space on a counter-attack for a player of Salah's gifts to exploit. So it's it's really going to be fascinating. For my money, Morocco have been the best side at the AFCON so far. Um, they handled their COVID crisis early in the tournament with minimal force. Um, they won their group, even though they feel that it beat side in, on the final um, final group game against Gabon, they were barely phased, and they went down against Malawi, but they didn't panic. They just kept chipping away and chipping away until they broke the door down against the Flames. So I think, from a mental perspective, this Morocco side is really strong, and this hurdle, which is Egypt, would be like if they could go across, if they could go over this hurdle, this would be like a huge step for them, because I really think the only thing that stands in their way is mental. If Morocco can get past them, I think that's a huge mental hang-up they've gotten over. And you have to you have to say that they'll be favourites for the AFCON at that point. Yes, yeah, going to be interesting, that one. And the other match, Senegal looked to have an easy game on paper against Equatorial Guinea, but they'll surely be cautious at the same time. Oh, I, I, I think Senegal versus Equatorial Guinea is going to be um, one of the least watchable games of the AFCON, unfortunately. And to be honest, and in all fairness to Equatorial Guinea, that's more to do with Senegal, who, um, for all the gifts that they have, for all the talent they have in their squad, have been deeply disappointing at this Africa Cup of Nations. They just seem incapable of creating good quality chances, despite all the attacking players and the attacking quality that they possess. I mean, we saw um, in the round of 16 game against Cape Verde, they basically needed... Uh, the Blue Sharks to go down to nine men in order for them to actually open the scoring and pull away. That's a real concern for Senegal, especially in a game like this against an opponent in Equatorial Guinea who like to sit back and who mostly play on the counter. So in terms of the way Senegal want to attack, they don't really have the tools to do it. In terms of the way Equatorial Guinea want to attack, Senegal really have um, a good framework to prevent that. So I think this is going to be a very uh, turgid, very tight game between these two sides and will not lend itself to a great spectacle, unfortunately. Yeah, sure. So today's fixtures, 16 GMT, Egypt playing Morocco, 19 GMT, the other quarterfinal, Senegal versus Equatorial Guinea. From me, Steve Vickers, and from Solis Chukwu in Lagos in Nigeria, the show's back again tomorrow, and Cameroon Roars is a Passion for Sport production.